It is March the 13th, 2021, and this is The Future of Photography. The Future of Photography. Hello, hi, welcome back to The Future of Photography. It's Chris, it's Adrian, it's Imar, and Jeremiah. Hello. 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 How are Hello. you? Hi. COVID okay. fine. COVID mm. fine. We just noticed, uh, just noticed in front of no, we were we were pointed towards the fact that when this episode releases, Imar has to put a hat on. I'm gonna put my hat on right now. Huh? What? Where? There we go. Oh. <laughs> it's gonna be Saint top of the morning. Patrick's day. Top of the morning to you. <laughs> top of the morning. To you. That is. Yeah, we all say that here all the yeah. time. Yeah, I know the Irish do this all the time. I've uh, been there. I take it off now. I'm loving the green. So, well, it's, it's not coming it through because... It's a green face, yeah. It's, it's an interesting white, effect. But, but oh, the my, video my doesn't really show white. the green because we have a green screen thing going on, so it's cute. Uh, doesn't matter. Oh, no. It's a white hat oh, well. on the video. Doesn't matter. Speaking of video, speaking of video, That's very, very important. Uh, we already mentioned this recently, but this is on... Well, it's on the podcast, but this episode is also on our brand spanking new YouTube channel because... I'll just have to explain again very briefly. I had these videos for like when we started doing this on my private channel, but now it's on its own channel and uh, you can see it here and it is linked in the description. So um, now if you subscribe to the channel, which you all of course should do, then you will only be notified for new videos of the future photography and none of my other stuff. So that's a very I'm straightforward thing. Oops. Does that count? Stop the music. Hmm? Well, I think I think we all subscribe, so the numbers look a bit higher. But it's really kind of sad what it's looking like at this point. So we need to <laughs> well, kickstart this channel. We're alive. These things well, take time. That's it. Nobody knows we're alive mm. and spread the word. Yeah. Okay. So so yeah. yeah, click subscribe on the channel, uh, the little bell, the thumbs up, whatever you can do to help. Absolutely. Us. And in ten years, we'll become an overnight sensation. Ah, oh, we're which, a slow burn. Which is how long it will typically take. So. Um, <laughs> But we are, we are patient. That is fine. And by the way, while you're at it, if you are watching this on YouTube and um, you are wondering how to get hold of this as well, there's also our website. And uh, this is what it looks like. And it has players on it. And you can click play on here or you can subscribe to the podcast from there. And that's at thefutureofphotography.com. So we have uh, lots of different places. For everybody that likes to listen to the back catalog. Which oh, is yeah. quite long now. There's three years of plus of back catalogue now. <laughs> and all of those episodes are almost, almost all of them are fresh uh, as on the day when they came out. Almost. Freshly baked. <laughs> Freshly baked. No, it's, it's actually funny um, with, with podcasts. If you go back and that's one of the nature of podcasts that most of the episodes keep being online. And uh, you can go back and cringe a bit when you made some weird oh, speculations cringe. that never came to fruition. Yeah. So... Hmm. I don't cringe to that. I think it's fun. Point, it's point us to fun. whatever we said, would, which did not happen. Um, mm -hmm. And this episode is a workflow updates episode. So we're going to talk about how we make images, right? Mm -hmm. Pretty yep. much. And I must say, um, and I'm pointing at you, Jeremiah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, the, the, so, so what we do here. Uh, while preparing episodes is we have this shared photography album, this shared photo album that we put things in that we want to show on the episode. 
Um, this is what it looks like. Here we go. And in in preparation of that, sometimes, well, we all put things in there. Or in this episode, Jeremiah was the only one who put things in there about <laughs> his photo workflows. And he put nine photos in there. Nice. And nine workflows. <laughs> did nine different workflows. And that left me quite with a, with a pretty, uh, pretty big feeling of uh, not being adequate. Because... <laughs> you know yeah, we call it too. inadequacy very much inadequacy yeah, the, the feelings the, 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 and, and I'm not sure because I mean I do have workflows but I've never really formalized them oh now you've got to think of it this way Chris Are, it's not that more is better it's that somebody, somebody that's got nine workflows clearly doesn't know what they're doing do they or that <laughs> <laughs> you just kind of <laughs> grasp at straws and hope for the best and then Look back at what you have done. Call that a workflow. Maybe, maybe that's <laughs> yeah, what you're doing do. here, Jeremiah. Well, let's 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 start into that. So that's that was kind of the task. Let's just figure out how we do, how we uh, how we approach our photos, and not just the taking of the photos, but well, the workflow, we the entire process, the photos, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. So. Yeah. Should we go by person? Should we? How should well, we I think we should let Jeremiah go first because he's got lots of stuff to share. I imagine so we're all quite different time as well. For you guys. Okay, Jeremiah. Um, so, so let me let me just bring up this window again, and should we go in through them by the order? Do you want to say something yeah, about one, all of them? One. Well, no, we we can. Uh, let one. me just uh, yeah. Here's something that uh, this is a straight up street photography. Um, you know, captured, uh, I think with my like, I forget, uh, but it's a straight up capture and it was brought into my Lightroom. I keep, uh, I keep Lightroom as my management tool, mm -hmm. uh, for my library. Uh, I've been using it a long time. I probably have a hundred thousand pictures in it. Uh, I can find maybe 50,000 of those. <laughs> not too bad. Uh, it's no no it's organized reasonably well and i get better and better at it uh it's a single catalog which i've um i've played with multiple catalogs but the single catalog is is best it's backed up of course multiple places so when i bring something into uh, lightroom i use lightroom fundamentally as a darkroom processing and in, in other words it's as if i take a negative pour in some D76, chuck it around, fix it, wash it, hang it. Half of and, our and audience so, will not know what you're, what you're talking about <laughs> just now. <laughs> but Adrian does. Uh, no, he doesn't. Anyway. <laughs> oh, I do. I do. It's, not, it's not something I do myself, but I do I know. know what it is. The, the point is that, that I don't use it for anything other than bringing out uh, everything that I feel is in the uh, digital uh, capture. Mm -hmm. Um, I will uh, sometimes go to the adjustment layer, but I, I prefer to do that in Photoshop uh, non-destructively, and I'll explain what that is. Once I'm happy with, with that, I will, ex I will edit it in Photoshop. Uh, and so they are linked and connected, and, and I will edit it in multiple ways. Because it's a street image, I really don't want to abstract it very much. Uh, I will use layers so that I can go back and adjust it. Mm. Um, so I, I'm not working on the pixel level. On a photograph like this, I probably did 
just darkened the sky ever so slightly, so I will have a layer for that. I kind of uh, definitely have a layer for the foreground uh, kid and, and darkened him, and then kind of worked with the midtones uh, yet as another layer. I will use curves, uh, and then I will mask the curves to paint out uh, what I don't want um, and uh, hide what I do want just in pure tonality. And I will then output it to a uh, Photoshop file um, and then print. And we can talk about printing a little bit later. But that, that would be um, a, my simplest workflow. So of, of is that simple capture? Is that something? I mean, you, you just fired this off as if you had explained that a uh, hundred times before. Is that something that you just do that way? Or have you, have you written it down? Have you documented it somewhere? Or is it just something that since I've been, happened naturally since because I've you've been, done it for so long? Yeah, since I've been doing it for so long, it comes second nature to mm. me. I've been using right. Photoshop since it came out. Um, not, not to say that I'm an expert. I've never really met an expert in it, but I did meet the person who actually wrote the code for Photoshop. Oh, sure. Uh, he's probably, oh, no. he's probably, <laughs> he is probably the expert. <laughs> I, I say probably because there is so much to that particular um, software mm. that uh, one could tailor it for one's needs. But, yes. but no, I've been using it a long time and I, I just find that working in, in layers and masks uh, and I use a, a Wacom tablet. So I'm, I'm adjusting it. I feel I have a lot of control most of what I do, um, I have a lot of brushes, too, which I can get into in other workflows. Um, but I, I use the pen pressure quite a lot in terms of, of burning and dodging and working on my layers. Mm. Uh, with street photography, I tend to work as little as possible. I try to make the capture as robust and simple as possible. Do you and, and just try to get that. Do you crop after the fact? No, I, no, I almost no. never crop, yep. never, uh, maybe on 5%. And, and usually it's just to crop uh, uh, if I have to balance the horizon or flatten the horizon. Right. Uh, I'll, I'll just crop the edges. But I, I'm, I don't know why that is, but I've always uh, just felt very like a purist um, of capturing what's in the lens and, and making the decision. Uh, with framing while I'm there. Um, and and uh, it's worked out. That's interesting that you say that, actually, because you shoot, mm. I think, these days, street with a, is, is it a Leica Q2, which it has a, a fixed lens, albeit it has some digital zooming options. Mm. But, uh, you know, do, do you ever get frustrated that, you know, you can't quite capture the shot as, as you imagine it and therefore you do crop in post if you can't physically get to the right vantage point, for example, or something like that? Well, yeah, I, I use the Q2 and I also use the uh, monochrome. Um, and uh, the monochrome, you know, it's a, you know, I only go out with one lens if I'm traveling about. So I, I discipline myself on that way. The Q2 is interesting in that it does have a fixed lens, but it has, it's like a zoom, but it's not. You push a button and it, it basically jumps in and re reformats it. And of course, you know, uh, makes the, um, uh, the you know, it, it, it's a smaller file. But, you know, because of the processing, the lens, 
the capture, it, it's pretty dazzling in terms of quality, even at the uh, smallest. Uh, so I will use that, uh, and I, I kind of treat it as just changing a lens rather than zooming uh, yeah. back and forth. Yeah. So I don't, I don't really do that. Yeah. Um, I just find the discipline of having the four walls of frame uh, helps me to see um, when I'm kind of just out walking. Now, you know, I say all of that, and I, but I don't really consider myself a street photographer. Um, I, I, I tend to capture landscapes or shots without people. Um, and uh, especially during COVID. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Definitely don't do a lot of inner city the, grabbing. I, I, ghost towns. The, the, I, I, the, the crop thing is interesting um, uh, if, you, if you compare that between digital shooters and film shooters because there's this, um, this matter of pride for film shooters to, to frame the shot exactly sure. the way they want it and then include the dark yes. frame around the photo in the scan to kind of prove that they didn't crop it. So as a, as, a digital shooter, oh, as a digital shooter, you don't have the luxury of doing that because you don't really have a frame around the photo. You could put one in later. It doesn't, doesn't prove anything. <laughs> Digitally. But, but the no. analog one doesn't prove anything either because you will put this in Lightroom anyway. Uh, I but think it, um, your crop thing is interesting too in that I just wonder, because I know it happens to me sometimes, do you ever go back and look at the image afterwards and just to detail that that you want to expand uh, upon? or? Well, it... it yeah, the the you know the short answer is yes, uh, I do. Uh, I have you know when I began, I was very much what Chris, Chris would say. No, I want the edges of the frame. Mm. I, that's how I began my photographic mm. experience, and it's just innate with me of how mm. I discipline myself. There's no moral <laughs> rectitude mm. in, in doing it that way. It, <laughs> it's just how I use photography. But uh, and and I did do a lot of street shooting uh, in in those early years. Um, when I go back and plunder my library, which is not often yet, I always think, oh, I'll just leave it. You know, I, I'm so I have so much new work anyway to process mm-hmm. um, that going back is not something that I've been doing. But should I do it, I would tend to take the more realistic images that I've shot and really abstract them. In, in other words go to a street image that I shot, say, with, uh, you know, a 3200 ISO film, whether mm-hmm. it's, you know, a, and and really take a detail of that, blow it up, and really use the grain as a different kind mm, of, mm, of mm, mm. so recapturing an image using mm. old negatives is something that, that I, okay. I enjoy doing and I have done. Mm. Okay, that was that was your first workflow out of nine, and we are ten minutes, fifteen and minutes into the episode. We didn't even talk about printing because printing is an enormous workflow. For I think me. that That's needs to be I'm, its own episode at one point. It probably does. Yeah. I, I think Though it I does. did include it in the in the. So let thing. let's see which. Let's go around. Which other one? Oh no, okay. Let, let's go around. Okay, so um, go around the horn. If yeah, none of us has submitted any photos regarding the <laughs> workflow other than yeah. Jeremiah. So, um, Imar, how about your workflow? I can tell you right now that my workflow is pretty simple. <laughs> it's all about um, speed. Finding the time to even take a photo uh, lately has become really difficult for me. So I find myself 
Um, even trying to do my 365, that occasional days I don't get outside much or get a picture. So I'm dipping back into kind of other things and playing around with stuff that I have already. But yeah, uh, working from home as well, it, I don't get out and about as much as I used to. So I find that even just capturing pictures has become just a little bit more difficult. You're not um, alone in that. Definitely not. Yeah. Um, my phone is my primary method of capture. Everybody knows that. Um, Halide has become my kind of go-to camera, mm-hmm. which um, is new to me in that um, before I uh, probably started on here with you, I would have just used the in-camera, you know, in-phone camera. Um, but I love that. I love um uh, all the control that you have it and I love the you, raw. Do you swipe to adjust the exposure and these kind of things? Yes, yes, yes. That's that's one of my major, ma- that's one yeah. of my f- my favorite features in Halite that you c- yeah. just tap and swipe and change the exposure yeah. that way. And the shutter speed and stuff like that is great fun to play around with that stuff. So um, I'm kind of, that's what I'm at at the moment. Um, afterwards then, initial changes always goes into Snapseed first for me and uh, I do what I want to Is do with it in there. Is still available as a new app? I, 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 wasn't that discontinued? I don't know. And we, we just have like a residue of it on our phones and if we delete oh, really? it, we can never... Do- I thought <gasps> there was something really? on those oh, lines. No. I you, I let, let, me f- let me figure it out. Go on, mm, I'll, I'll look it up when here. I, when anyway. I, got I, I, use it, I still it. use it all the time. I, yeah, I use no. it all the time. And then... Um, Hipstomatic, I, I like because, I, as you said, Jeremiah, about trying to keep things in the frame and not cropping anything. I like to use that to um, work in that way to kind of keep me within the frame and to make me frame it when I take the picture. And, I, you know, I like to do that sometimes. But since you've been able to import the new picture, the pictures into the new Hipstomatic, I'm gone really cheaty with it because um, uh, it's just really it's really fun to play with. Uh, and to pull old images into it and play with them is really, I'm having a lot of fun in there. Um, a lot of what I, I, I would, um, oh my God, there's so many pictures and I don't even post most of what I do. Um, this week I had the, the opportunity to talk to an experimental poet on my own other podcast. And my mind is completely blown because I found out about a thing called asemic poetry which is visual poetry. Never heard of it. And it's avant-garde it. and quite punk, apparently. So um, I'd never oh. heard of it either. Oh, my God, look it up. It is, it's mind-blowing. I'm, I'm just, my mind um, is blown and you, I'm really inspired by it. Can you put a link to that can, episode of your other podcast in I can do, yeah, yeah. Because I think uh, that's interesting. For sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, by the way, warning, um, no, no false alert. Snapseed is still in the App Store, but it looks abandoned because the last oh. update for it was bug fixes for iOS 13.1 one year ago. Wow. So okay. I'm not yeah. sure it is still kind of supported or anything. So use it, oh. um, but don't rely on it for um, to be around for like another yeah. couple of years. Uh, I'm also finding at the moment that um, I don't really get to use my iPad as much as I had hoped for because I find that I have to sit down with that, whereas the phone is on me all times. And um, I can kind of take five minutes here and there and use the phone to do something. Um, And then everything, as part of my job, like I make all the content for 
whatever that we do. So, and it, there's just me. So it has to be quick and it has to be different every time. For the it art center, to, that is. Yeah. So, um, and like, if I just had that to do in my day, just to concentrate on this, I, I could give more time to it, but I need ways to do it quickly. So I, I found that I've been using um, Adobe Spark Post and Adobe Spark Video quite a lot lately, um, just because they're easy to, um, like it kind of holds on to the work that you've done already and then you can kind of remix it really quickly. And um, Emer, mm. have you subscribed to the Creative Cloud? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, if, if you do on your iPad... Uh, and yeah. on your phone, um, I encourage you to mm-hmm. use the Lightroom app as as a camera. Uh, it will pull it oh. in. It will it will be very high quality, and you can do insane adjustments. Oh, also, I've got Lightroom will, on my phone. And it will yeah. sync to the cloud when you're on your computer. You'll have all of these things uh, both on your iPad and your phone. Um, the Creative Cloud, uh, I find, is a very very useful um yeah Yeah. absolutely yeah 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 and i find even just with work using like whatever about i use all of them i use audition i use after effects for things i use premiere for things sometimes i but but it always needs to be things i can use quickly and also things that can be available to me on all the devices so uh yeah creative cloud is brilliant um and spark the the spark stuff is like that as well um it's just really quick and it sort of puts the text in for you. You can add music really quickly. Um, I know not directly related to um, photography as such, but for anybody out there who's trying to uh, negotiate a job like mine where you're required to be the social media manager as well as having 10 other hats, um, it's these things are really, really important and take up an awful lot of my day. So uh, other things that we've been doing are trying to find ways to um, like talk to people while our building is closed and stuff. So all that uh, becomes important. And we've um, you'll see in my pick of the day, I've sort of uh, chosen this new piece of technology that we're buying in at the moment. And it's um, ice staging with a little 360 camera so that we can do virtual tours in the gallery. Mm. So that that's going to be a whole nother workflow to learn. So, um, but isn't it cool to learn new things? It really is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You never stop, do you? It's no. Like one thing. No. Yeah. But that, that's good. Yeah. Cool. So, <laughs> Like minting NFTs. Yeah. Oh, there's a hint, there's a hint to a future Whoa. episode. I haven't even watched that video yet. <laughs> Um, let's let's not go into mm. NFTs just yet. No, um, no, no. We have several more weeks. Well, we uh, this this this, this might this this wave this big boosty wave of of NFTs might be over in a few weeks. Let's see for that. <laughs> well, let's yeah, find if out. It, if it, yeah, we will. I'm very long <laughs> on co- right. I'm very long on on crypto, so um, no worries about mm. that. But anyway, let's let's not. Uh, Let's climb down that, that ladder right no, now. So, um, no sidetrack. No. So yeah, completely different from Jeremiah's workflow. Like I think we're all so different. Oh, yeah. The, oh, yeah. The, thing the thing is, Emer, uh, mm. we only talked about one image of mine because I, I have I have that kind of workflow myself too for different kinds of more abstract pieces. That speed is, of 
It's Can be I make a, long a piece episode. of art in five minutes? <laughs> so, you know, that that's why when, when we talked about like workflow, it's like, well, it just depends what I'm trying to achieve. Right. That will totally determine uh, workflow. Did we Is lose Imar? Possibly. Well, she, she'll be back. Um, Adrian. What is going on on your side of the pond? Well, what's going on my side? So, so I, I guess I should stress that this is my early 2021 workflow because it, it does change quite frequently. Um, I I like to explore new ways of doing things, so I'm, I'm not somebody that stays particularly consistent. But I do uh, I do tend to I do tend to stick with one workflow at a time, if you like. Yeah, rather rather than have have many so so right right now um most of the the capture i'm doing is with my phone um you know, regular listeners will re- remember i got a new phone late last year um and uh that gave me a whole bunch of capability that i was keen to explore and play with so that's the that's the capture side i have uh, a number of apps for that depending on what i'm doing if i want to do uh computational depth of field shots usually it's the i usually use the focus app uh, for that for the camera and and editing the depth of field uh i often use halide as well uh for shooting uh, the new Apple Pro Raw, uh, mostly, uh, and uh, yeah, it just it, that all gets dumped into the camera roll uh, on my phone, uh, and that is that is the way where I keep my, all my images. So even if I'm using a, a, a dedicated camera, I'll get the SD card out of that. I'll put it in the little lightning dongle, and I'll I'll ingest all of that usually into my iPad, occasionally into my phone. But the the Apple Photos environment is is what i use to keep all my photos in mm. i've got discs full of old lightroom libraries and before that aperture libraries never liked lightroom i was always in the, in the whole in the days of the old aperture versus lightroom i was always an aperture user never never mm. a lightroom user and i only ever took on lightroom. one of those how'd that, how'd that work out for you one of those. yeah well <laughs> Well, do you know what? Um, it didn't work out very well because Apple stopped supporting it, didn't they? Exactly. So, yeah, so uh, at that point, um, I took on Lightroom, you know, because it was the, the only robust thing out there at the time. Um, uh, and then, uh, but I, I, I've never been a fan. The only thing I did like about Lightroom, actually, was the, the way you could make um, selective adjustments using gradient tools, either linear gradients or, or radial gradients. That, but now you it. can do it with many different application yeah it's still difficult to find though because i am still ios mostly um or ios first in my photo workflow uh, luminar so, luminar you use it right? uh it, i don't have luminar actually but i don't think they have an ios version do they but uh mm, i don't know um i'm just uh actually i'm I, i'm like as we record this i'm a couple of days away i think from ordering one of these fancy new laptops where the ipad apps <laughs> will work on the laptop as well and stuff like that so so uh, I think having not had a new laptop for about seven years and all of our, all the podcasts I do are now moving on to YouTube, of course. So <laughs> it's just like there's more stuff well, to do, more things to learn. So, or or so adding it or adding it. Or adding it, yes. Sorry. No, yes, I just want to make sure everyone understands this is going to be a podcast. <laughs> It's for your audio pleasure. It is, it's a absolutely. Mm-hmm. So then we get to, to so then there'll be an, any number of, of apps uh, to, to edit all of that stuff. And then the, the, the back end of my workflow these days, I'm tending to print quite a lot, uh, are six by four, uh, six by four inches. 
uh, on my little uh, Canon selfie dye sublimation printer. Uh, and then those get tacked up onto the wall uh, and they live on the wall and people, you know, in the middle of the house and people walk past and they say, I like that one. I don't like that one. Uh, and I let them stay there and I look at them and, and I think, OK, yeah, which ones do I still like a week later or two weeks later mm. and stuff like that. And so the, 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 the just the stuck up on the wall, tons of prints thing is part of my workflow at the moment. So um, can I ask you something? I like that. So sure. People people walk by mm. uh, your wall of pictures and go, I don't like that picture. Mm. <laughs> they actually do. <laughs> well, so let's qualify that because it's kind of true, actually. I also, I, I mean, yeah, it, it's not quite like that, but uh, I mean, clearly, clearly the only people in my house at the moment are my family. So that's <laughs> my wife and uh -huh. my two delightful uh -huh. children. And uh, that and, is... and they are brutally honest. Honest. <laughs> that's <laughs> it. Like, children you know, are. Like, so, well, especially seeing as that you know, often you know, the only people I've got to take photos of at the moment are the family. So, so mm -hmm. you know, sometimes I go, "Oh, I don't like that picture of me," or "I like that one." Yeah, I like that one of him, or, mm -hmm. or whatever. You know, so so that does actually happen. That is now part of the editing process. But that's because the mm -hmm. wall I happen to use is at the bottom of the stairs. So, <laughs> so everybody walks past it all the time, which is great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, happy with that. Uh, and uh, then the ones that stand the test of time uh, uh, are a little bit more looked after. Um, uh, so the, the the next step, in fact, actually, um, I, I've got a backlog of stuff because I'm not very good at completing this workflow. But the next step is to uh, is to look at those prints more closely and to do a, a better edit and to order a professional print from somewhere. I have a. A good idea for us in cool. terms of workflow that we would uh, edit each other's pictures. Okay. That could be sure. fun. Sure. That's that interesting. That's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. It, is a, it could, yeah, it could be. So, so last thing on my workflow, I guess I would say is is stuff related to video. Um, mostly in the last few months, the only video I've been shooting is for school assignments, um, for, for mm -hmm. online schooling. So uh, half the time over the last three, four months or so, we've had a green screen hanging up um, so that the kids can do green screen uh, stuff and we can we can play with video on LumaFusion, teach the kids to edit using LumaFusion and teach them about keyframe animations and stuff like that. You know, so they can move themselves around on the video screen. Um, I love that. We've done one or two, um, one or two floating head videos. <laughs> um uh, so so we have in the house uh, uh, it was a gift at some point for one of the children i don't even know which one um a harry potter invisible cloak uh Very good. which um, is green set which is basically yeah it's yeah. It's, it's dark on the Excellent. outside and it's green on the inside so you turn it mm. round you put it round your neck and you completely and and and, and stand in front of the green screen awesome. and you cram all brilliant. of that out and you get that whole floating yep. head look which is quite good fun <laughs> So, what so are that, you, you what are you using uh, for do you use LumaFusion for video only or do you use their still photography uh, version they do have that Oh no I haven't used the still photography version yet what's the reminder I forget what, what it's called but uh, it, the, yeah, it's, they quite have, good. It, it's quite yeah. good I can't remember. I don't, I, actually, no, I may be getting confused. I know Filmic Pro have a stills camera now, don't they? But I don't know that I knew that LumaFusion did have a different app. <laughs> I think they do. Is Filmic, Filmic Pro's is called something like First Light or something like that, isn't it? And so, I've been meaning to test that out, but I haven't got around to it yet. 
Uh, or good question. Okay, I'll we'll figure it out. Well, we'll figure so, it out Chris, and put it in the description. Yeah. What is your workflow, Chris? <laughs> Which one? I mean, this is the, the, when when you started <laughs> posting those nine photos. That was um, that was a trigger for me to go. Well, do I really have like different workflows for different things? Yes, of course uh-huh. I do. And I have one that is very formalized, very strict, and that is when I do workshops and photo tours and travel, which I now at this point pretty much have forgotten how to do. So, uh, but 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 for that, because it's always under pressure, I have no backlog. I have this really down to a T with organizing things, rating them, uh, working on them, filing them, and then when I'm done with the tour I'm back home and everything is done and this is the only way for me to do it because otherwise I'll have a backlog pretty soon and it grows and grows mm-hmm. and doesn't go away so that is like the when, formal workflow but when you're on tour um, do you do uh, backups every day yes. when you return <clears throat> yes. uh, do so. you do them into your computer or do you use a, a device uh, you know a hardware yeah. device so, so just you, just uh, just uh, pretty pretty short. Um, I, I ret- we return to the hotel with the group. Um, first thing I do is I put my batteries on the charger. I start an import of my photos into um, Lightroom, um, which which I have where I have my my photos on an external SSD. So Lightroom is on the computer. The backup of the catalog and everything is on external SSD, the photos as well. Uh, I go take a shower when I'm done. Lightroom is done importing and has all the previews rendered and everything. And then in um, and then I have the photos on the external SSD. I have the, the previews rendered on the laptop and I have a copy of the photos on the memory card. So that's my two places. I have the photos in the memory card and the SSD. German efficiency. When you get home, do you back them to the cloud? Yes, of course. <clears throat> so when, when I'm home, I, I import this entire catalog uh, onto my main computer. That's the one I'm sitting in front of right now with a big catalog. And yeah, it's, it's, it's roughly 100,000 photos on that one as well. And those get all backed up to a NAS in the basement um, and the cloud. So And a time machine. So it's like three backups everywhere. And I will not format the cards unless these things have backed up twice so but this is really the the very formal workflow but then i have other things like tiny things around the house um for example some product photography that might be just uh monica has just written a blog entry about baking a specific kind of bread so i did some food photography for for a blog and that doesn't really have a specific workflow i will import things in lightroom i will tag them and edit them and choose the three photos that are the best and that's done then do you do you use photoshop at all nope it's um 99 in lightroom uh if i yeah. need to uh, if i need to do a very complicated specific job let's say cloning something out and i need something good to do that which lightroom doesn't really do well all the time then that goes into affinity photo because the in-painting <laughs> algorithm in affinity photo is second to none it's really good it's very good i have it too i don't use it as much as i yeah like and i, I stopped I using photoshop um, in favor of affinity photo i'm still paying for it because i'm still i still pay for the photographers uh, bundle of uh, creative cloud which includes photoshop and lightroom 
Um, but other than that, I have moved over to the Serif products, Affinity Photo, Affinity Designer, and Affinity Publisher. Those three. Yeah, they're, no, they're excellent, and they're the future in, in many ways. I mean, the thing about Photoshop that is very exciting to me, uh, comparing it, is the amount of secondary plugins that work seamlessly Oh yeah, with it. it's it's a huge ecosystem, and there's a yeah. lot of good things in it. But I don't need any of that. So yeah, for me, uh, I, I, don't, I, I, I use Affinity Photo. So I I use Affinity Photo on my iPad um, because I like to to. I mean, I like to have that level of control sometimes. Not 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 every time, but sometimes mm -hmm. I do. And, uh, and and I've had that since before there was a version of Photoshop for the iPad. You know, so you know, it was it was it was it was there as a fully featured app a long time before Photoshop came out as a fully featured app. Mm. So you know, it, I, I, but I, I, I like it. I mean, it, you know, I'm I'm not sure I'm using probably less than five percent of its capability. But <laughs> with all these tools, you find what you need, and and. Yeah. and and the more you really kind of drill down on the tools that you use and need, the better it is. And then when you need to add a tool, uh, even you just go to YouTube, there's somebody who's going to explain oh, yes. that over and over again. That's how and everyone learns these days, yes. Yeah. That's right. And you yeah, go I like, did. you know, Definitely. Yeah. It's, it's absolutely fantastic. So, so, so this is actually one of the things I use it for and, and more, more sophisticated tools is when I want to make a more sophisticated selection. And I should have said this last week on our what does editing look like in 10 years from now. Mm -hmm. But, but I, I would just wish that, that selection of stuff in photos was easier. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, the, the, no matter how hard I try over the years, I still can't really grasp what the 10 different selection brushes do and how to refine selections and things like that. Just it's one of the reasons I really like um, uh, I like, you know, uh, you get this in Snapseed, but also in Lightroom as well. The Like I said, the uh, the radial gradients for selective ch adjustment and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And the uh, the other um, well, I suppose because it's, it's Snapseed, isn't it? It's the same technology, but the, the Nick software. You know, uh, technology where where you t you you pick a point and then you can drag a radius from it to make adjustments. Yeah, that, I use that. Yeah, really it's, um, that I I just wish there was some some fully featured Nick software versions for iPads. I think that yeah, would be great because I really do yeah. love to work with the yeah. pencil rather than I, I'm I'm hopeless with the mouse. I, I think that's coming, and the next generation of iPads will have enough processing power to do that. I mean. You know, well, it doesn't Photoshop. Snapseed, doesn't it? <laughs> it's the same technology, it's the same code. Yeah. Photoshop, Photoshop right. I mean, on the iPad. I mean, we, we've seen we've seen how good these selections are with the with that uh, tool that you suggested once, Adrian. Remember the one where the, the trees and the skies didn't really separate well. <laughs> oh, that was you know. yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, that was a new app that somebody had launched, wasn't it? Great yes, selections, so. and I have this on my you know on my workflow. Is uh, I've been uh, just for the last uh, six eight months really drilling into uh, Topaz uh, mm -hmm. and their AI and their selection, their masking tools, their mm -hmm. gigapixel blow up. They have put so much effort into um, making these tools better and better and better every few months. And um, I, I find their, their masking tools are nothing short of uh, dramatic, uh, much better than any other software that I've seen in terms of speed. Okay. Humor. Uh, because mm -hmm. you, you basically draw crudely what you want to keep, 
you draw what you want to get rid of. And where they flow together, you paint another color. They're okay. called trimasks. And that color, which uh, they default to blue, is where the computing power focuses its attention. Ah. And and that's interesting because then mm. you get to play with the adjustment mm. just within that narrow band of flow. That's so. interesting. So so I mentioned because uh, yeah I mentioned earlier that I was, I'm just about to to order a laptop. I think um, one of the one of the new M1 laptops. And one of the things that I'm looking forward to trying out were two things really. One is to is to to actually get uh, have a machine that's new enough that it can run DaVinci Resolve at, at, at a decent pace because I love the color adjustments in in DaVinci. I love the way the concept of the way the nodes work. I love the way that you can qualify what you're you know. Yeah. It's essentially masking by another term, but they call it the qualifier uh, and uh, how you pick what what colors and tones that you're going to work with with any particular edits. I love color wheels rather than slide. Yeah, that's all of that sort of stuff. Am I going to try that? that in s- sorry, sorry, Jeremiah. Photoshop does that. Oh, Lightroom does uh, that now. Color well, uh, my, pick, does, my yeah. pick of the week does it a little bit as well. But yes, okay. um, so but I'm looking forward to that, and I'm going to. I'm also looking forward to trying it in sidecar mode. So, so yeah. for those listening uh, or watching that are not Mac users. Um, yeah, if you buy a new Mac, uh, or, or actually it's been like this for a few years now, um, you, and you have an iPad, uh, you can use your iPad as a second screen, and you can have therefore your you can run Mac apps on a touch screen. And I'm looking forward to to trying that out to see if there's there's any new workflow things uh, that I can do there. So. Mm. So definitely um, some future, there you go, future of, what does this mean for the future of, of my photography workflow? Um, it means I've got to go out and buy some new toys and try and play those, maybe. So um, looking at the clock, we're almost 40 minutes into this episode and uh, Jeremiah still has eight workflows left. I still have two, I still have two workflows left. Um, should we make this into a two-part episode? How about that? Well, it's interesting. I think for people also to understand all the different tools that I are available so. to do different things. I think right? so. So, uh, so if we're all okay with this, should we should we uh, move on to the picks of the week and then continue this sure. next week? How about that? Absolutely. Yeah, works for me. I'm yeah. not right. going to have any new workflows by next week. Though. I'm going to invent <laughs> one just so I can keep up with Jeremiah. I promise not to add. We'll anymore. just pick holes in years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Fine. I'll be fine. <laughs> Like I so, said, I, I live in Hollywood, pick, being <laughs> picked on. With that, uh, and, let's um, let's go to the picks of the week. I'll show mine first, and it is an article about uh, someone. T- okay, I have to switch over. Here we go. Uh, about <laughs> someone doing. Let me fix the size of this. Yeah, uh, shooting. Um, well, it, it's about it's about compositing photos out of a combination of photos of people and one by six scale props so those photos are um really deep and interesting composited. and uh, wow. but they are composited from like tiny sets and real people and this this uh, article goes into how to do that and how to prepare the people in front of the camera there's video showing that and then um the whole 
compositing and how this goes together. Here's a prop of a chair, which is, again, one-sixth of the scale and uh, how this all comes together and with the lighting and with the um, setup. And it's it's a good exercise in workflow. It is a very specific workflow to this uh, art form. And there's videos about the different kinds of parts of this. Here's one about uh, how, how to build the props. So the artist shows how they, how they build the props and then yeah, the next uh, is how they shoot the people and how they then later composite this together. So it's a really also nice. seems very cheery. Uh, it's got the, a bit of a coffin dog. on the the coffin on the screen. Let's just disregard that one. <laughs> making the room so that they're building the room and then putting the people oh, electric in. Chair. So, yeah, yeah, no guillotine. It's a very Absolutely. very light-hearted right. kind yeah. of uh, yeah, it's cheerful thing. Good but for hey, all, the whole family. But hey, it's it's a it's a really good. Uh, learning experience <laughs> regarding uh, compositing. I really like that. Yeah, so. I love it. Yeah. Never mind the con the content. Um, <laughs> Adrian, you chose an app. I did. I did. So uh, I uh, this this is an app that I, I love for the way it handles color adjustments. Um, it is called Pixelmator Photo. Not to be confused with the half dozen other apps that Pixelmator make for different platforms. This is the one that is, uh, it's, it's a, uh, well, I guess you could say it's a Lightroom type uh, app and it is iPad only. Um, it has, uh, it uses the, um, uses the asset management that comes from the iOS photos album. So you, you, you can work with your photos and your camera roll and things like that, but it has some great color adjustment stuff in it um and i i really like it for that um so it, it is really focused on color adjustment above anything else i think i'd say it's it there's a, the marketing for it speaks a lot about machine learning i don't know quite what data sets they're training it on um it, i i my experience of it is it's when you press the auto fix button it's possibly slightly better than some other stuff i've used but but uh yeah i think there's a lot a lot of people that talk about machine learning and i and ai and uh well it's a bit of a buzzword sometimes it is it is um at least they don't say that we yeah yeah anyway so it's it's uh it's a great app and i love it and um i wish there were uh, I wish it was available on the phone as well, actually, but they don't. It's not available on the phone. The Pixelmator for phones is different from the one from it's the iPad. It's really hard so. to get the usability right on very small screens. So it is. It is. How much is it, it Adrian? Uh, I have no idea. I've $7 had it for a while. Seven dollars ninety nine. It says okay. here. Oh, yeah, I was going to say it's not an expensive one. Mm -hmm. um, uh, it's uh, and it, for me, it's um, it, it it's a go to if I'm if I'm if I've got a a larger number of photos and because it's got batch mm. processing in it as well you can uh, uh and it has one of my favorite things which is a crop uh it has different setups for crops um and particularly it has well, funnily enough they call it the 47 to 20 crop <laughs> but wow. for those more for those more more used to thinking in terms of ratios that end in a one it's a 2.35 to one um, which is a favourite crop of mine. Uh, oh, two, three, five. That's anamorphic. Uh, exactly. Yes. Yes. But the, for some reason, in this app, they call it forty-seven to twenty. Weird. <laughs> I guess they. Well, I guess they've upped it to integers, haven't they? So there you go. By the way, never try. Never try to outsmart a director when it comes to aspect ratios. <laughs> <laughs> Has anybody noticed this movement on uh, Apple Marketplace uh, in terms of apps that? are sliding you into these 
absurd subscription prices? Has that flowed over to Europe yet? Uh, now you go and you buy, you get an app. It no longer tells you the price. It says it doesn't tell you the in-app purchase prices. Yes, no. And some of these okay. are like, oh yeah, this is great. You have three days and it's seven dollars a week. Yeah, I, really? I've actually wow. come across like, a couple of those. This yeah. is really really problematic. Mm. I, I find. Yeah, I've got no problem in paying for for software. That's, yeah, if that's, you're using it constantly, well, yeah, yeah, but it's three hundred and fifty dollars yeah. a year for something yeah. you use. Uh, and often, you know, often they're a bit one trick ponyish as well, aren't they? Some of these yeah. things, yeah. It's it's uh, anyway. Anyway, beef. back to the peaks. Up to the picks. This is Jeremiah's picture instruments. Uh, yeah, this is part of a part of a workflow process uh, in, in terms of adjusting color which comes out of uh, some of the things that Adrian uh, likes but uh, you know we could talk about uh, lookup tables and lots forever but let's say one found a photo that uh, was you know just had a beautiful combination of color uh-huh. You could take that into this particular software and generate uh, a lookup table, a LUT, which you can then bring into Photoshop and apply to um, your own photos. So it's 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 a way of generating lookup tables for still and and, and, it, uh, and it steals them from film. existing photos, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, cool. it, does. it does. I, I it have just, I have this actually. <laughs> I like this one. <laughs> Cool. I do too. I, I um, it's it's absolutely a beautiful tool for very specific things. Um, you know, there's a lot of different ways of getting color, but in terms of quick, you go like, oh god, I love that overall combination. Just create your own LUT and uh, and then make adjustments to that, so you can then tailor that LUT. Yeah, I think I first got this just. Not long after Blade Runner 2049 came out, <laughs> so yeah, I think, and, and of course, you, why. you get yeah, exactly, yeah. So you get all of these wonderful, all the wonder, wonderful, wonderful cinematography in that movie, yeah. um, and uh, you know, I, I had great fun trying to you know uh, harvest some of the color looks from there. I, I really don't know how they do it. I mean, they do a, a, a pretty good job, I think, if I remember I right. So I haven't too, used it for yeah. a little while. I, I don't know how they do it without reference to reference well, images what so they're doing is really a, a a kind of a color masking or luminance masking right they're reading the the colors specifically and where those colors are you know it's just a sky purple you know the main road and the combinations so it's kind of rough it gives you a, a blending combination of those colors um and and it most of the time it works very, very well. Um, you know, I mean, it's not something that, that is your immediate go-to, but if you want something, if you want to take a reference of from Blade Runner, for example, um, it's, it's just a really good, uh, is that, is that something tool. that would be used in like a proper Hollywood production or is that sure. just, just, Oh yeah. They, they would use tools like these. Well, uh, yes. Uh, the answer is, I mean, I, I, directed and produced a miniseries uh, about 10 years ago. We were one of the first ones to use uh, digital uh, capture. Um, And uh, we did, you know, obviously, you know, I kind of did a 4K master uh, on screen in terms of color. 
But what we found is before we started shooting, uh, because it was uh, kind of you know kind of new, what we did is we created about uh, 25 or 30 LUTs, and we used different kind of combinations. This particular thing was not available, but we we basically created our LUTs the DPNI, and when we would get to an interior, say, late afternoon interior, we would just plug the LUT right into our processor, and when we, we would capture it in RAW, but when it, when it outputted to the lab, that LUT uh, addressed the kind, you know, it was heavily cyan-based in terms of the shadows, and it, it adjusted the way we wanted it, so it made the color um, adjustment when we were going to broadcast very quick in 4K. Mm-hmm. So we had our basics. It's not a finely tuned instrument. It's a rough instrument, but it gets you much closer. And then you can do the fine secondary color corrections after. But uh, the quick answer is yes, there's there's a lot of different kinds of ways to produce that, uh, that lot or save a lot from something that you would already create in terms of your mastering. All right. Thank you. Uh, last but not least, Imar with a hardware recommendation. Yeah. <laughs> what is I know, the yeah, rotator? This is probably not useful to anybody else except me at the moment. Uh, this is a little, um, you can attach your, your iPhone onto this and it will turn it into a 360 camera. And it's the lens that you attach onto your phone. Oh, it spins um, it around. Yeah, yeah. So, um we, as the art center uh, in my job, have just um, purchased a subscription to this and are waiting with bated breath <laughs> for this to arrive. And it's taken ages, actually. <laughs> but um, yeah, so we hope to use it in the gallery to make virtual tours mm. well, going forward, pretty much, um, just in case. So uh, clearly we're not open at the moment. So our program for 2021 hasn't even really launched yet. So the the January exhibition is going to happen in April and it will be um, kind of uh, shared with the public in this way. So That um, sounds sounds great. So people will be able to see stuff uh, a lot more easily. Yeah, I was actually at at an exhibition launch today um, virtually. Which is very interesting. Interesting. <laughs> My first time really um, seeing that being done, but it was great because actually the gallery director was uh, walking around the gallery uh, showing the work in a webinar scenario, and then the artists were online and he was interacting with them and they were speaking about the work uh, to the audience, which was lovely because I mean, often at a kind of an in person opening, you don't really, you don't often get that much. Um, interaction with artists especially um they're often their thing and uh, everybody just you know mulls around and and has their own look at it but you don't drink crappy wine yeah you don't really <laughs> we never serve crappy wine excuse me um <laughs> only the best um but uh yeah look who knows when we'll ever get to have one of those little soirees again but um until then this we hope this is going to be our, our saving grace do you think galleries will go the way of, of movie theaters? Um, well, I know, just going from our own point of view, we understand now that anything that we plan from now on has to be uh, deliverable online forever, yeah. you know, because um, if it's not available in, like, actually at the moment, we're still only hoping 
for in-person interaction maybe in the summer i don't know um It's been a very, much. very tough and and fast learning process for everyone. Really yeah. fast, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But um, but everyone seems to be taking it on the chin as well. On the other hand, and um, I think as long as everybody's just a little bit kind to each other and not, you know, don't get hung up on the too hung up on the techniques of the thing and that like these things aren't perfect the first one probably won't be perfect but you know what we'll improve every time we do it so, of course um yeah it's the best thing just so, just get yeah. started like with a, with making a podcast yeah. or something get yeah, started yeah. and it'll, it'll figure, figure things itself out, out. Mm, mm. all right thank you so much um so yeah that was it for this episode <laughs> of the future photography um we are Delighted that you're with us. We are also very delighted that at least a few of you have already clicked on subscribe <laughs> on our YouTube channel. And again, if you can do so, um, please do so. It'll help us out to be more visible and it'll help the YouTube algorithm to figure out what's important and what isn't. And of course, we, I think, fall in the important category for sure. So... <laughs> Um, you can find us on the web at thefuturephotography.com, on Twitter at tfopnow, on Insta at tfopnow, and um, yeah. And happy St. Patrick's Bye. Day. And happy St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> Everyone take care. Until next Bye. time. Bye-bye. <laughs>